podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to talk to you about our two sponsors, SeatGeek and MyBookie. The two greatest sponsors ever live. First off, SeatGeek, uh, they're the single greatest seat buying app website in like the entire world. Not only do they have their own marketplace, but they also bring together almost every single ticket buying website in the world so you know when you're buying tickets you're getting them at the absolute best price know what my favorite feature of their website and app is grant tell me about it it's when you're searching on them they even grade the deals for you they're going to give them on a 10 point scale and color coded for those of you who don't like numbers just like a stoplight green is good yellow eh. red don't buy them it's the only spot I'm going to go to buy my tickets from now on. They're even so good, they even have rankety competitors try to rip off their designs. But if you use our promo code ACAA, you're getting 20 bucks off your first purchase. Grant, what could you buy at a stadium for with 20 bucks? You could probably buy two beers or maybe a couple of hot dogs with beer. And a popcorn. A popcorn maybe, some pop. You're trying to get some caffeine, some energy? Definitely. And that, depending on where you are, that might even be how much it costs to park. So you seat geek, save money, buy more beers. Also, there are rider dies that have been with us longer than anyone, except for our mothers. That is my bookie. Our promo code is now BOYS, B-O-Y-S. You're still getting that 50% deposit match bonus to win and make a ton of money. You can bet on MLS. You can bet on international soccer going on this summer, baseball. And before you know it, football will be back. So check out our sponsors. Who are our sponsors? MyBookie and SeatGeek. Promo code BOYS and ACAA. Check them out, guys. Enjoy the show. Long gets it away. Hangs it up there. Allen's going to catch it at about the 25. Allen eludes the first Longhorn. Gets upfield to the 30. Allen to the 40. Has some room to midfield. Allen to the 40. Allen down the sideline to the 30. Allen to the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Oh, he did it again. Second straight week for David Allen. And for the second straight year, he brings one back against the University of Texas. And Kansas State leads 15 to 14. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. We are sitting here with one of my all-time favorite players, David Allen. David, you were at K-State from 1997 to 2000. 97, you were a second-team All-Big 12, 98, and 99. First-team All-Big 12, and you were a consensus All-American in 98 for being an all-purpose athlete. Three years in the NFL of St. Louis Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're one of 14 players in the K-State Football Ring of Honor. And just this past year, you were nominated to the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. If that didn't butter your bread enough, <laughs> um, I just have to say before we get into it how excited I am to have you on the show. You know, when you grew up watching sports as a kid, 
you always have a couple of players that are like crucial to your like formative memories. You are one of those players for me. Well, thank you. I appreciate and it. And it like I'm just beyond excited to have you on the show. Well, I'm on excited our to be show, here so too. Thanks for coming cool. on. Cool. Well, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, sadly, for our friends listening to the show, they didn't get to listen in on our fun conversation we had before that. Uh, but you, we, we talked about this a little bit. We, we've been lucky enough to have a few guys on from the Prince era. We've had Snyder 2.0. Uh, we've even had the late Snyder shout, Brogan Barry. But you're one of the only guys. Travis guy. Tannehill. Yeah, he was. I, I said. I said, I said Snyder 2.0, and then I said late Brogan. There's, oh, okay. I, I think of those as two distinct different eras. But, yeah, they, they are. Tra- tra- Travis, I know you're listening. How are you doing, man? <laughs> I didn't forget you. You were on my all, <laughs> you know, drafted team. So That's true. I know Travis. So you were there during the peak times of K-State sports, the late 90s. What was it like to be a part of K-State football during the just truly the peak moments of K-State football's history. Uh, honestly, man, it was it was uh, it was super exciting. You know, there were you know, the fans were great. I mean, the school was buzzing. You know, the things that we were able to do on the football field, you know, the group of guys that we had, I mean, it was exciting. Times were good. You know, we were winning football games. I think we started to, you know, obviously we started to put Kansas State, you know, on the map as far as a, you know, real contender and a, a powerhouse, you know, uh, football team. So. So I've always been very curious about this. Um what was like the recruiting process like back then? <clears throat> I mean, what did you know about K State before you initially committed? How did they How did they come at you? Honestly, I didn't. I, didn't, I really didn't know a lot about uh, K State uh, when I was being recruited. I think the first time that I really uh, caught my eye was probably my senior year. Uh, I think it was K State versus KU uh, football game. I think maybe I think KU might have been ranked um, in ninety. 95, 96. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're ranked in and out during the mid. And I think we beat them. And I think K State, K State beat KU. So I kind of, kind of uh, opened my eyes a little bit. And then just going through the whole process, um, it was one of those things where you know you got a lot of schools looking at you, um, a lot of different schools. Back then, uh, for me, I think you know the, as being a running back, I was a smaller back. Um, it was harder because. At, Back in those days, you know, things were more tailored towards bigger backs. You know, everybody was running the ball, you know, Nebraska and, you know, some of those schools and things like that. It was more of a big back um, game. And so, you know, a lot of schools approached me to switch positions, you know, move to receiver and, you know, move to defensive back and and things like that. Uh, But K-State, you know, they came to me and, you know, um, I think when it finally came down to it, they were like, hey, you know, we want you to come in and, you know, play running back and, you know, do the things that you are capable of doing and you know we don't necessarily need a 220 pound back you know we're okay with you being you know 185 190 pound guy so that's how big ca- was Hickson he was pretty big uh Hick wasn't really that big either I think Hick was probably about my height but he was probably about 205 210 maybe somewhere I think that was about as big as he was he must have had some uh, bigger shoulder pads then <laughs> <laughs> he did have a big head though so that might have helped a little bit now uh, I love Hicks, my guy. So you mentioned that your career as a running back, and you had some great moments as a running back, but what I think all your highlight moments, the moments that you know you see on the Jumbotron are your electrifying plays on special teams. What was it about the player you were that made you so elite when it came to being on special teams as a returner? Um, I think for me, 
you know, I was in high school, I did it all. You know, I played running back, I played defensive back, I played wide receiver. You know, I was a kicker, I was a punter. You know, I was a guy that, I mean, it's hard to believe, but yeah, I really was. And that so, is funny. Uh, what, what's the longest field goal you could have? Uh, I think I hit a 43 yarder in, in, in high school. Jack of all trades, I'll tell you what. You know, it's funny because actually, I've got it on tape, no lie. There was a game where I scored a touchdown, kicked the extra point, kicked off. And then went and played defense. So, <laughs> so, but uh, no, I was like I said, just for me, just you know, being a, a uh, an athlete that could pretty much do just about anything, you know, uh, whether it was running the football or catching the football. And I think uh, as a punt returner, I think what really helped me because I really didn't do a whole lot of it in high school. Uh, you know, I ran back some kicks and things like that. But as far as catching punts, you know, guys couldn't punt in high school, so the ball bounced around a lot on the ground. But uh, I think playing center field really helped me uh, as a punt returner. Um, just being able to judge the ball, you know, get back and, and see the ball and, and things like that. So I think that kind of helped me. But just, you know, just a guy who was all about just trying to get, you know, wanting to play, you right. know, and wanting to get on the field however way I possibly could and do whatever I need to do to, you know, be a part of something. So, so how do you – is it possible to, like, get – good at returning punts or is it just like is that like a natural field vision type of thing or how, how do you improve like how think, do you practice that, how's, how's you know, that i think you can work? get better i think you know um the main thing is catching the ball you know if you can catch it that's and important yeah yeah i mean if you can't catch you can't do it i don't care how fast you are and i don't care you know how shifty you are if you can't catch it then you know you can't be back there but uh, i think catching the catching the ball and you can get better at that and then I think the rest you know as far as a skill position player then you just let your natural ability you know kind of take over but it is something that some guys are just naturally blessed at it and other guys can work at it you know um, for example I remember uh, when I was back at Kansas State as a grad assistant working with Tyler Lockett you know yeah. and Tyler was one of those guys who was great with the football, but we spent a lot of time, you know, practicing catch, and he got great. And you and you guys saw what he did when he was at K State and what he's now, you know, doing it in, in the league. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you can definitely get better, you know. But I think a lot of it does have to do with just having, you know, the natural ability as far as the type of athlete you are. You took back seven punts at your time at K State, which at the time was an NCAA record. Is there any of those seven that you sit back and think that one was my favorite? Oh, my favorite one was probably uh, the one against Texas in '98. Um, as far as just you know how it all transpired, um, you know it was probably my first, my, the first long one I had. Uh, it was against Texas um, right before the half. Um, actually, it was a busted play. You know, it's like. I catch the ball, it actually hits my helmet, and my helmet comes down, and then, you know, I'm running this way, and I'm running this way. That and, is a great You know, highlight. breaking a couple tackles, and then, you know, as I'm running, I almost fall, you know, and then I, if you watch the film, I, I actually lift my helmet back up because yeah. it's, you know, down over my eyes. <laughs> and then, you know, the guys did a great job of once, you know, I was in the clear and holding on to their blocks and, you know, down the sideline, and the rest is history. So That is a great highlight. I remember watching that, like, I mean, obviously, I've watched every single punt return in the last like day because it's like <laughs> I had to prep for this but um, that one is great you see you, you do like adjust your helmet 
And you break like three or four tackles and go for what, like 80 plus yards? 93, I believe. 93? Solid. I don't think I could run 93 yards right now without getting winded. So uh, I don't think I could either. <laughs> oh, stop that! It's been a long. It's been a long time. I don't know, man. You're looking pretty fit, but so 98. That was Texas at home in Manhattan. What was it like being a part of that team that is heralded as the best in school history by most people? Um, man, it was it was it was great, man. Um, the guys that were part of that team. I mean. We knew we had something special, you know. Um, it was just one of those seasons where everything just started falling in the right place, you know. We had a great, we had a successful season in 96, 97, and then it all just carried on, you know, to uh, 98 where we just felt like, you know, we were unbeatable. You know, there was things that we were baby, we were going to be able to accomplish um, and it was a great season, you know, until the, up until the end. You know, everything kind of fell our way, and, you know, everybody bought in to what we were trying to do. And um, we had a great group of guys that, you know, everybody wanted to win. You know, everybody wanted to do their part to help, you know, to contribute to, to our success. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. You know, there was a lot of records broken and, you know, a lot of things that uh, had never been done in, in, in K-State history. And uh, to be a part of all those things, man, was exciting. So aside from obviously probably being on paper the most talented team K-State's ever had, what was it that set you guys apart from every other team that's probably walked through those doors? Uh, I think, man, just the, the amount of talent. I mean, you look at uh, that 98 team and you look who was a part of that roster, you know, Darren Howard, Mark Simino, Jared Cooper, Michael Bishop, Donald McDonald, you know, Ever Burnett. David you know, Allen. Myself, you know. Um you know, uh, there was just so many guys, man, that were super talented, you know, and, and super athletic that, you know, it, it really and, – and the guys worked hard, you know. I mean, we bust our butt in practice, man. We knew, you know, the guys that did everything they could to get us prepared, you know, they were a part of it, you know, and, and it was just – on paper, yeah, it looked great, but to be actually be there and be a part of it and watch those guys, you know, go through practice and, and then go through those games, it was, it was, you know, something amazing. So that was a year of extreme highs and some extreme lows. Um, let's start with the highs, though. K-State beat Nebraska for the first time in 30 years, and we were ranked number one in the nation. Yep. Did you ever believe that the team would reach that height? in your career like early on in your career you were you know, like a sophomore that year i was a sophomore that year I, you know i don't even i don't really don't know what i expected you know i just expected to go to k-state you know win some football games you know and 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 be a part of the team and you know do what i could to help us win and you know and who know what the future was going to hold um but i think going like i said after that 97 season the team that we had going into 98 um i think you know the confidence was there from everybody you know um going 11 and 1 in 97 or 90 yeah 97 and then you know winning the fiesta bowl you know it, we're, you know we were on a high you know and everybody was coming back you know majority of the team was coming back um and so i think we went into that season thinking that you know hey we can do something special you know and i don't we, everybody had the confidence that you know every game on the schedule we were able to win and you know we beat Nebraska for the first time in, in 30 years and I don't think anybody felt that we couldn't you know 
regardless. You know, we lost to Nebraska in Nebraska the year before, but they were coming to Manhattan, you know, this year. And, you know, like I said, the team was better. You know, we uh, were gelling. We were playing well. And, you know, I think the confidence level was high, especially going into that game. So speaking of that game, Grant and I, throughout the process of this podcast, our fans who have tweeted in asked, and what are some of the most memorable games Mm -hmm. for us as fans? And both of us mentioned that game. That is, at least in my head, the first game I can truly remember watching and not just, you know, being there. You know, we were six or seven, you know. It's just seared into my mind. But from a player's perspective, what was the mood like in the locker room before that game and how electric was the feeling inside that stadium on that night? Uh, it was, like I said, everybody was excited. You know, I, I think it may have been college game day. Yep, college yeah, that, game yeah. day. So it was college game day, and, uh, you know, like I said, we were we were excited. We were confident, you know, and we knew what was at stake. We knew, you know, we had never beaten – we hadn't beaten Nebraska in over, over 30 years, you know. So it wasn't a rivalry. <laughs> so, you know, it was just something that we had to go out and uh, – we wanted to get done, you know, regardless of the situation and at, at no, no, at whatever it was going to take, whatever cost. We, you know, we wanted to go out and win that game. You know, obviously we were still undefeated at that particular point in time, and we didn't want to have our season derailed by, you know, losing Nebraska. So everybody was hyped. You know, everybody was excited. So we beat Nebraska on the biggest stage possible, pretty much. Um, and then next week we have to go to Missouri. How difficult was it to refocus? for what was a pretty tough road matchup at Missouri? Um, I, I don't think it was hard to, that, that hard to focus. Uh, Missouri was a good team. You know, uh, they, had some, they had some good players as well. You know, that Corby Jones as quarterback and a couple other guys that um, were, were talented. Um, it was just one of those things where it was another game. You know, every game we played during that season wasn't a blowout. You know, the Big 12's tough. You know, uh, whether it was Nebraska, Colorado. I mean, I think we had a close game early in the season against Colorado, you know, and and things like that. So we knew that we had to do the little things, you know, to uh, continue to be successful. And so um, the confidence level was still there. I don't think anybody, you know, felt that, you know, we weren't going to beat Missouri. And, uh, you know, we knew what was at stake if we won that game. You know, an undefeated regular season, you know, the first team to – you know, ever, you know, uh, have an undefeated season in, in K-State history, uh, regular season. And so, um, you know, it wasn't hard to get focused and get ready for that game. So, Sadly, we do have to mention kind of what hap- happens next. That, it's part uh, of it. It's that part Big of 12 it. championship game versus A&M, I'm sure uh, fans, you know, definitely think of it as one of the most painful games. I can't imagine what it would be like for the folks who actually played in it. But – what do you remember from that game, you know, just during the game and then kind of the aftermath? You want to be, to be honest, I don't remember anything during the game. I do remember the last two minutes and 15 seconds of the game because I think that's, you know, how long it took for us to, you know, lose a 15-point lead and, you know, end up in overtime. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, no, you know, there's a lot of great teams, uh, whether it's college level or professional level, that have been on a on a end of, you know, a traumatic loss where they were up, you know, and they lost the game, you know, in the last few minutes or in overtime. I mean, you look at, you know, the Atlanta Falcons a couple of years ago against the Patriots. They're up 25 points, you know, and they lost. Um, somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. Uh, you hate to lose in that way. Um, 
But it was. It was a tough game. You know, I don't think we just, at the end of the game, things just kind of, I don't think we did anything different to lose the game. I think the ball just started bouncing not our in our favor. You know, we, uh, like I said, we're up by, um, I think, 15, and there was like maybe two and a half minutes left in the game, and, you know, it's third down, and we fumble. You know, we give them the ball, and, you know, our territory, they score, you know, and then they kick the onside kick, and they recover, you know. You know, and then they go down, they score again, and then they get the two-point conversion. Now we're tied, you know. And so it's like it's one of those things where it's like, what did we, what could we have done differently? You know, what could we have done better? I mean, we had played a great game up to that point, and then, like I said, at the end, a couple things just didn't go our way. I don't think anybody was less focused. You know, some people want to say, you know, when they made the announcement that Miami had lost, you know, it kind of – change the tide and the feel in, 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 the, in the, the stadium and how we were on the sideline. I, we didn't care about that. You know, it wasn't a big deal. You know, we still had a game to play and we had a game to finish. And like I said, I think there were some things that just didn't go our way at the end. And, yeah, it's sad to say we didn't win the game and, you know, we didn't get a chance to play. But, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. You know, it was tough. It was, you know, but it's one of those things where I, I you know, could have, would have, should have. Um, like I said, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. You hate being on the, the losing end of something like that, uh, especially as special as that season was, you know, for us. But, you know, you, you still can't take away from, you know, that team and what that team was and how, you know, um, exciting of a season it was, even with, you know, ending the season with two losses, you know. I don't remember anything from that game. I was there. The only thing I remember – is like walking out of the stadium and seeing a grown man crying. Well, like I said, I don't remember a whole lot during the game, but I do remember that last <laughs> I don't remember last two minutes in overtime. I think it was actually double overtime. I remember watching Sir Parker run into the end zone <laughs> and die for and die for the pylon. It you know, to uh, oh, it does, it does. You know, I can't imagine how much it. Oh, all right. So we uh, obviously lose in the Big Twelve Championship. Um, we drop to number four nationally and we're inexplicably relegated down to the alamo bowl um i don't know if you're familiar but that is like the year that after that they went to the bcs the k-state rule mm -hmm. yeah they made specifically you know after that if you're in the top four you will go to a bcs mm -hmm. bowl um what was the feeling from the team after essentially being screwed out of a top bowl i mean um, it's it's funny because you look at how things um, transpired after that season. You know, we get shafted. We don't go to a major bowl game. Like I said, we're still, you know, in the top five teams in the country. We have one loss. And not, nothing against the Alamo Bowl, but it wasn't a top-tier bowl. You know, it was like second or third to, to last, you know, as far as Big 12 bowls go. Um, and then you watch – you know, a couple years later, you watch Oklahoma lose to us in a Big 12 championship. Get blown and, out, by the way. And still play for a national championship. And so it's like if things would have been a little bit different during those times, who knows what would have happened. But, you know, it is what it is. That's how it was. That's how the rules were. But um, it's just funny, like you said, how things start to transpire in a different light once something happens um, to a team. And, unfortunately, we had to be on the, the – uh, short end of that stick um like i said nothing against the alamo bowl I, honestly um it was funny because you know 
when we got selected because all the other bowls had been picked and that was the last one you know and so we kind of had no choice it was either we accept the bid to go to the Alamo Bowl we don't go to a bowl at all and I mean some of the guys were willing to not go because you know like I said we're the number four team in the country and we're going to the Alamo Bowl um, and we felt like you know we got slided to where we deserve better than that and but um, and, you know, and Coach Knight even came in and said, hey, if you guys don't want to go, we don't have to go. And so, you know, the guys, you know, we had a, a team meeting and, you know, everybody agreed to go. You know, it's still an opportunity, you know, to go to a bowl game. Um, you know, that's what, you know, that's part of college football. You, you know, you, you play your season and then the bowl games are part of it. You know, you, you earn a right to play for a bowl game, you know. And so, you know, and we didn't want to take it away from the rest of the team. And, you know, the, the, the young guys who had never gotten an opportunity to, you know, experience a bowl game. So we decided to go and, uh, and play in it. And, you know, we lost again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I'm sure you could – I don't think it wasn't that we weren't focused, you know, because it wasn't a bad game. You know, we didn't play bad. We didn't go and get, get well, blown out. Drew Brees is pretty good. He is. We were still the better team. But, we, you know – just one of those things where you know we we didn't play well enough to win. We played okay, we played decent, but you know when it came down to it, we didn't play well enough to win and end up losing by three points. So, yeah. well, despite those the, the two sour you know ending games to end the season, most fans say that that's their favorite team, favorite season K State football history. Is there any story? Or is there something that the average fan wouldn't know about? what went down that season that you'd like to share uh i know, I know there's some stuff that you, you, you'll keep to yourself but uh um i don't think there was any like any crazy stories um you know it was just a great group of guys to play with man and like i said there was a lot of talent on that team and you know we we worked hard you know um we put a lot of a hard work in and and you know everybody's going to complain about practices and you know the things that we how hard we practice how long we practice you know but it, it all paid off you know um you can say we weren't necessarily the most talented team but we were the most hard working you know hardest working team you know we weren't gonna go out and 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 get beat in the fourth quarter very rarely did we do it you know obviously the last two games transpired that way but during the season, I mean, physically we were in better shape. Physically we were stronger. You know, mentally we were tougher. And it was all due to, you know, how we practiced, how we trained, and the things that we did, you know, as a team. I mean, we pushed each other, you know, each and every day. You know, and you got to give credit to not only – you don't only just give credit to, you know, the guys who played on Saturday. I mean, you got to give credit to the guys who walked on, the guys who were at practice because without those guys – we don't get better, you know, because they're the ones who are pushing us to get better. They're the ones who are on the other side that we're practicing against, you know. And so if they're doing their job, then we're getting better, you know. And then it, it, it shows, you know, on the field. So not only was, you know, the guys who played and the guys who started, were not only were they good, 
But, you know, the guys who ne didn't necessarily play and the scout team guys, I mean, they were decent too because those were the guys who ended up playing, you know, the next year or the year after, you know, and being and getting on the field. So, um, you know, we all had to do it. I was scout team. Terrence Newman was scout team. You know, Darren was scout team. I mean, that we all had to do it. But we all were good enough to where we pushed the guys who were actually playing because we wanted to be the starters one day. So we knew we had to work, you know, just as hard as the guys who were playing on Saturdays. So, so it's 1999. We bounce back. We go 11-1. and one. There's two things from this year, though, that stick out to me the most. Number one, the Iowa State comeback. <laughs> so we're down – I think we're down 28 at half. Am I right? Yep, 28, 28 20, at half. Nope, it was 28-21. It was 28-7. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay, 21. So we're down 21. 21. So we're down 28-7 at halftime. So Bill was known for being kind of in his prime as like the – Master of halftime adjustments. What was said at halftime? If you remember anything, do you, what what was changed that that prompted such a crazy comeback? You know, I don't really think there was a whole lot said. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think that was that was part of it. You yeah. know, it's like, are we really down twenty-eight to seven at <laughs> halftime? You know, and like I said, not that Iowa State wasn't a good team, but no, you screw know, Iowa State. But we I hate mean, Iowa State. you know, I'm not saying we don't, but I, you know, I just I pay respects to everybody, you know, and but that's why you're a nicer guy. And than so I it's am. like, not that they weren't a good team, they were. I mean, obviously they had us down 28-7, so they were doing something right, and we were doing a whole lot of things wrong. And so, like I said, I don't think there was a whole lot said. I think the silence said enough, you know. And so uh, it was one of those things where it's like, okay. You know, we got to get our act together, you know, and what are we going to do to turn this thing around um, to get the ball in our favor, you know, the game in our favor. And I think, uh, you know, we made we made some some adjustments um, um, with getting some other guys in the game. Um, and then, you know, we started making plays, you know, um, it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, we didn't want to lose. And so I think everybody just kind of flipped the switch to where, you know, we were going to do the things that we needed to do that were necessary, coaching, coaching staff-wise and, you know, on the field-wise. I mean, we, you know, we got a couple turnovers and, and things like that, and then things just kind of started rolling. And, you know, it was, uh, it was an uphill battle, but, you know, we ended up climbing the mountain and, you know, winning the game. So The second part of that season that sticks out to me is you break the punt return record. Well, you tie the punt return record at Texas. I think that's probably your most iconic punt return. Um, what do you remember about that play? Uh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, it was, um, I think so, I think that was the week after the Iowa State game, right? I believe. Yeah, so we played Iowa State the week before down by uh, 28. I ran a punt back in that game that kind of ignited some things too, got us kind of rolling again, got the crowd, our crowd into it. in eight. Yeah, actually seven. All right. So it was 28-35. Oh, actually, no, it was 28. When I, it was 28-21 when I ran that punt back. So things started kind of going in our favor. Um, and then, you know, like I said, we ended up winning that game. But then um, the next week was at Texas. And um, leading up to that, it's funny because I'm originally from Texas. And I've always seemed to have, for whatever reason, good games versus the Texas teams. And so, you know, leading up to that, uh, I think there was an article that was written, you know, down the, in the Dallas uh, paper or one of the papers down there. And they were 
talking to Mac Brown and asking Mac Brown about, you know, the game and things like that and, you know, punting. And I think he said that they weren't going to. So clearly when the punter did punt the ball down the middle of the field, it was probably a mistake. Well, apparently, um, like the Austin Tribune or something, like their main newspaper in Austin, had an entire uh, back page dedicated to you. Just had a giant picture of you and said, don't punt to this man. <laughs> and they did. Like I said, I think it was a mistake. Um, <laughs> honestly, that was one of my favorite ones and was probably one of my easiest ones. Um, you know, I, I catch the ball and, and we had a wall right and I, I was never touched. You know, the guys on that, that return unit, uh, you know, they did an amazing job. You know, they did everything that was asked of them uh, for me to catch the ball and just it, – it, for it to be that easy and all I had to do was you know run down the right side of the you know the field you know to the end zone um just shows uh tribute and credit to, to those guys and you know what they were able to do you know as a, as a punt return unit you know it's funny because I get all the credit because I scored the touchdown but they don't get enough credit you know and not only you know every year you know that I was part of that team, you know, we worked day in and day out on special teams. We made special teams a big part of what we did. I mean, we treated special teams just like it was, you know, offense or defense. And the guys on that unit and on all the other units, uh, you know, they enjoyed it, you know, because they knew that that was their time to shine, you know. And so um, they don't get, like I said, they don't get enough credit for, you know, what they were able to do and, you know, how they were, you know, did their job and the blocking that they did. And so I'm going to give them credit because, you know, without them, there's no me. Right. You know, um, they made my job easy. You know, all I do is catch the ball and run. Um, so, you know, I appreciate everything that they were able to do and, you know, and, you know, the history that was created because of, you know, the dedication and commitment that, you know, they put on that unit. And the guys that we had out there, I mean, we had – it was one of those things where it didn't matter if you were a starter – or if you were, you know, a, a guy who didn't play, you know, um, guys wanted to be on that unit. I mean, Jared Cooper, Dyshawn Carter, I mean, these are starters. You know, those guys were on that, that unit, you know, and then you had guys like, you know, Bryce Leibel and Chris Claibon and Troy Hackney and Jake Havoc that were all, you know, a part of, you know, that group that that was, you know, like I said, that was their moment. That was their time to shine. Every time we went out there, on, you know, as a, as a punt return group, I mean, those guys were either going to block the punt we were going to run one back or it was going to be a big return, you know, so. Is that who you're pointing? Bryce Leibel's like your lead blocker. So at, yeah, so I'm coming around the corner and, you know, Bryce is looking at me, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, so I start pointing like, <laughs> and there's a guy behind you, you know, turn around and, and block him. And obviously he got the message. He turns around and he makes the block and, you know, I end up in the end zone. So. Yeah, that's funny. Well, well, that's great. Um, so. We get to the 2000 season, the opener, it's Arrowhead Stadium, it's first the Hawkeyes. You get a return that is called back, that would have been the NCAA record. You end up getting a bit of an injury later that game. Um, so you mean I got first, robbed? Huh? You mean that phantom flag that got thrown yeah, I, I was Yeah, oh, okay. I was just about to... I was just about to ask about that. So, first <laughs> off, what do you remember about that play? And then, second off, like, how... How mad were you that that ended up, you know, costing you at the time the NCAA record, and does it still kind of get at you? Um, you know, I can't say that I was mad, disappointed, because, you know, you go back and you watch the film, and uh, 
you see that, you know, Dyshaw doesn't touch the guy. You know, the guy kind of slides and, you know, dives to try to make the tackle, and Dyshaw's behind him, and they throw the flag, you know, and it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, that was a, a, a big moment for us, you know, in that game, and it gets called back. You know, that wasn't the first one that's ever been called back. You know, obviously it was a significant one, but, you know, it happens. You know, they throw flags, and, you know, I didn't get an opportunity to break the record because of the injury. But, um, you know, it's part of it. You know, it is what it is. I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish. The seven that did count because there was, you know, three total that got called back. And I believe they were all fake flags. I, I agree 100% <laughs> with you. That was a fake flag for sure. But, uh, but no, man, it was, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, it does, you know, because, you know, um, you love to break records, you know, and, and do things that haven't haven't ever been done. Um, and when they got called back, yeah, it was disappointing. You know, we thought we'd get another one, and you know, obviously we didn't end up doing it, but it was still, you know, a great, great, great feeling. So, so 2000. This is probably my most vivid K-State football memory. Maybe my most vivid memory. Period. And it's what I thought was going to be a chance for your most iconic punt return. It's 2000, Oklahoma, in Manhattan. You're out there. You have the chance to, to return a punt. It's been a tough day for us. But you don't get a chance to return the punt because he gets blocked. Yep. And, you know, Drew Thalman comes through. He blocks a punt. Newman picks it up. He runs it in. What do you remember from that play? Because what I remember is that that is the single loudest sporting event moment that I've ever witnessed. I it was just complete pandemonium. I mean, it was. It was. It was great because obviously that was actually that was my first game back. Yeah, you know, from uh, from my injury, and Aaron so was returning yeah. punts for you, yep. and then you came yep. in back yep. for that game, and yep. everyone so was, was doing the David Allen chant, and it was like, "This is the moment." And yeah, it, it, but that's the thing, and that goes like I said, that goes to show, you know, the fear that we put into teams as a you know punt return unit, because not only were they did they have to you know be worried about me but they had to be worried about the guys up up front too because like i said if we didn't get a big return or we didn't return one for a touchdown there was a possibility that you know we were going to block one as well and i don't i mean i don't know how many we had how many blocks we had over that you know uh that that time span you know but uh yeah i mean it was yeah it was it was it was loud you know and i was hyped the, the team was hyped and i think they were more hyped about trying to block the punt than actually returning the punt and you know it was one of those things where it was it was a great moment you know and I was you know I was excited to be you know back on the field and you know have an opportunity to to be back out there and, and play again and I thought I was going to return one too you know I, I thought I was going to return them all you know every time I was back there you know I because that was my job you know and the guys up front thought the same thing you know and uh but no, it was it was a great moment, and like I said, we blocked it, and you know, Terrence picks up, runs for a touchdown. So I mean, I was just as happy for that, you know, versus if I would have ran it, you know, back myself. So it was it was a great moment. That was insane. I mean, I people were like falling downstairs. It was absolutely unbelievable. I remember just having to cover my ears because it, it hurt. I was like nine years old, <laughs> and I remember just being in legitimate physical pain. Because it was that loud. Oh, it was. It was. I've it was never definitely loud. Experienced anything like that, sporting wise? I mean, it yeah. was crazy. It, it is. I think the undefeated moment, loudest moment, in, you know, stadium history. I, I, quite frankly, I don't know if it'll ever, ever be broken. Uh, so, 
we always wrap up. We always either probe for one more story or let the guests address all the K-State fans, K-State Nation, however you want. So uh, we, we talked a little bit off mic, and I, I know there's some stories you don't want to share, so I'm not going to press too hard. So either give us one final story or address K-State fans and say whatever you um, want. Let's see. Something that fans don't know, people don't know. Um a lot of people probably don't know. Um, that, so when I first got to K-State, I actually was on defense. So this is a little negative, not negative, but a little tidbit about myself that people don't know. Um, so when I first got to K-State, I actually was on defense and uh, hated it. Hated it. I mean, I, not that I couldn't play it because I played in high school and, and uh, things like that, but this wasn't. You could have been our kicker. Uh, yeah, I could have. <laughs> so actually, let's, let's let's back it up a little bit. So <laughs> speaking of kicker, so I think it was was it the '98 season? I think our punter had got hurt, and so we didn't really have a punter in '98. So during practice, actually, Michael Bishop and I were the backup punters. Yeah, so I I don't mean to cut you off. I remember in the Nebraska game, I remember being there during warm-ups and seeing Michael Bishop punting a ball. I just looked at my dad like, what is going on? I think we were at – yeah, because 98 – was it 98 or 90? It might have been 97. I think it was 97 because Texas Tech came to Manhattan in 96, and we went to Tech in uh, 97. Bishop actually punted in at, at Texas Tech, so it was it was the ninety it wasn't the ninety eight season it was so the ninety seven season. So Bishop and I were actually the backup punters for the team in in ninety seven. And like I said, Bishop actually went out and he actually punted the ball uh, in a game in in ninety seven. But uh, back to the other story. So yeah, so when I first got to K State, I was on defense uh, and I was a defensive back. One of those things where, like I said, you know. They tell you what they want you to. They want to tell you to get you to come. Nothing bad. That's just how it is. I don't care where you go. Nothing bad about K State or the coaching staff, but that's just how it is. And so you know, they said all the right things, and I chose K State to come, which was great. Uh, and the reason I went to K State because it, it did. It truly felt like family. You know, when I was on my recruiting trip, everything felt great. You know, the atmosphere was great. The players were great. And, you know, so when I made my decision to go to K-State, it was because of that that feeling. But when I got there, you know, I went to the defense. They were like, hey, we want you to, you know, try defense. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have you do both. We'll have you go both ways a little <laughs> bit. And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I did in high school. So so I go to the defensive, you know, meeting room the first week. And, you know, week goes by. And I'm like, hey, I haven't. When do I get to go to the offensive meeting room? <laughs> oh, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Anyway, and so the season goes on. I'm still on defense, and I'm just, like I said, not that I – I feel like I was uh, – had given been given false information about <laughs> what I was going to be doing <laughs> for this team. And so, you know, we had uh, – every Friday we had uh, what we call cat bowls, where the guys who weren't going to play, the freshmen and, the, you know, the guys who weren't going to play – on uh, Saturday, got to go out and scrimmage against each other. So it was kind of called a cat bowl. And so during those cat bowls, you know, I was like, I, for me, I was I was more stubborn then than I am now. I'm still a little stubborn now, but I was like, you know, I don't want to play defense. So I got to do something to get off of defense. Yeah. So, no lie, honest to God. So I started getting burnt, oh. letting the <laughs> you know receivers just run by and catch touchdowns. I said, <laughs> you know, if this doesn't catch somebody's eye to where 
I don't deserve to be on defense, then nothing will. <laughs> it's either it's either going to hurt me or it's going to help me yeah. <laughs> get off of, of playing defense. And so, um, <laughs> so the tape's there, and I'm getting you know I'm getting burned. Guys are running by me. Guys who shouldn't have been running by me are running by me, catching touchdowns. But it was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do in order to be able to get off of defense. So, um, you know, it worked. You know, obviously, I you know the next season <laughs> was no longer <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball, and you know the rest is history. But it was just one of those things where, you know, it was fun. It was you know it was exciting, and you know that was kind of my stubborn you know this is not what I want to do moment. So, well, I think it worked out for the best. I agree. I agree. I agree. That's funny. I agree. So you were you were shaving you were kind of shaving points there in practice a little bit. Oh no doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to, yeah, if you want to put it that way, yeah, I was definitely shaving points and and, and not practice uh, during those times. But uh, luckily, it didn't count for anything. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great story to end on. Um, if you want to tell the folks, you know. What you're doing today? What what is David Allen doing today? Where uh, you, you know, uh, David Allen's. You know, I'm I'm here in Kansas City. You know, I'm just trying to enjoy life. Um, you know, got a three year old son that uh, that's uh, keeping me busy. Um, you know, just trying to take care of him and and uh, hopefully one day, you know, he'll have an opportunity to to be better than me and do great things as well. So, um, but to the K State fans out there, you know, I'm excited about the future of K State and you know what's going on and how things are transpiring. So hopefully. You know, we'll we'll be able to uh, get back to that that national level, and uh, maybe one of these days actually win national championship. So we'll see. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps it up. We want to thank you sincerely for coming on, um, taking your time out of this Saturday. That's beautiful outside, and we'll talk to just a couple couple young fans that like to drink beer. So yeah. hey, man, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me. It was a pleasure, and uh, yeah, if you ever need me again, let me know. We definitely will be reaching out in the future. Thanks again. And, uh, you know, I hope that the fans enjoy this half as much as we did. So thanks again for coming on. Hey, no problem. Anytime. Meet me at the Cathead. It's the hard knock life. It's the hard knock life. It's the hard knock life. Take the baseline out. Uh huh. Jiggle. Bounce. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let it bump. Some of the hottest cars New Yorkers ever seen For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard From the dope spot with the smoke block Clinging the murder scene You know me well from nightmares of a lonely cell My only hell but since when y'all niggas know me to fail Fuck nah, we all my niggas with the rubber grips Or shots And if you with me mama rub on your tits And whatnot. I'm from the school of the hard knocks We must not let outsiders violate our blocks and my plot, let's stick up the world and split it 50-50 Uh-huh, let's take the dough and stay real jiggy Uh-huh, let's sip the Chris and get pissy pissy Flow infinitely like the memory of my nigga Biggie 
baby. You know it's hell when I come through. The life and times of Sean Carter, nigga, volume two. Y'all niggas get ready. Niggas locked down in the 10 by 4 Controlling the house, we live in hard knocks We don't take over, we ball blocks Burn them down and you can have it back, daddy I'd rather that, I float for chicks wishing They ain't have to strip to pay tuition I see your vision, mama I put my money on the long shots All my ballers that's born the clock No one will be on top, whether I perform or not I went from lukewarm to hot Sleeping on futons and cots, the king size, green machines, the green fives, the scene pies, let the thing between my eyes and the lies, life ills, then I put it down tight grill, I'm tight grill with the phony rappers, y'all might feel we homies, I'm like still, y'all don't know me, shit, I'm tight grill, when my situation ain't improving, I'm trying to murder everything moving, feel me? Stay on my toes, got a lot of beef, so logically, I pray on my foes. Hustling still inside of me. And as far as progress, you be hard pressed to find another rapper hot as me. I gave you prophecy on my first joint, and y'all all lamed out. Didn't really appreciate it till the second one came out. So I stretched the game out, extra name out, put jigger on top, and drop albums non stop for your nigga. Network.